Who do you think Stormy Daniels voted for? Oh, I or think, who is she going to vote for? I think Stormy Daniels is a Yang person. I think she. I think that's the thing about Andrew Yang is he kind of sweeps up all those, you know, um, like uh, that makes, yeah, I, I can y- see that. Andrew Yang is like those weird supplements that you find at the Whole Foods where they're like, "This cures the flu," you know? Oh like, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He sweeps up all those random, uh, those radical, those free radicals. He you know? gets the celebrity vote. He's like know? he's like colloidal yeah. silver. Or like yeah. vitamin B twelve like supplements. Or no, no, like, not B twelve. That's not weird enough. He's like bot B fifteen or like oh. B twenty three or something like that. Like yeah, I think Stormy Stormy Daniels would be way into Yang for sure. Although I'm not gonna put it past her. She might just be like super into Bernie too as well. Yeah, I could see her being Williamson though if William if Marianne made it further though. Like cause oh yeah yeah because chance I could see I could see it I I could, I, I think that she's somewhere in that spectrum. Then there's also Tulsi, which is the other element of kind of the like anti-establishment liberal she, figures. The, I mean, the like, liberal fash, <laughs> like, <laughs> like uh, filament. Uh, yeah, portion. I think Stormy Daniels is just a really big BJP supporter. Yeah, she really yeah. likes the annexation I'm, I'm of Kashmir. Actually, <laughs> That's Stormy Daniels' big fucking policy plank. I'm yeah. actually going to uh, look it up and see if Story, Stormy Daniels does have an endorsement. What do you What do you think, Gabe? Before Danny, Danny my finds big out? my big thing with her is that as a celebrity who's kind of you know, uh, made it and, and she, she, it reminds me of like what, um, da- how Dave Chappelle and how, uh, our boy, Chris Glover, yeah. no, wait, sorry, Donald Glover, oh. how they're kind of into Yang. I think she could be into Yang like that too. For the same reason. Yeah. Just sort of like, okay, they're, they're all entrepreneurs. They're all in yeah. entertainment. Yeah. Um, they oh, yeah. kind of want to give everybody a shot to do that too, but like, I don't think that she's read marks. Okay. You know? I, yeah. I don't think that she's got a background in unions or union work or true. Uh, and there is something that's very like about the UBI that kind of fits into that ideology of like helping everyone, but also giving everyone like some agency to decide what they do with the thousand dollars. Like there's yeah. no, there's no like, this is going to like relieve structural inequality. This is just going to like give people the agency to like have some money to throw around. And that's like a very, like I came from, I didn't come from very much, but I want people to do better now. Because kind of Storm, ethos, yeah, Stormy you know? Daniels has won the lottery in in a form of sex work and in entertainment. Oh yeah, you she's know? made yes, yeah, she's made her so money, money doing her own thing. Totally. And so totally. with that, there is that I, I feel almost like a libertarian streak that would be cool with the UBI. Yeah. And like, okay, now you got the thousand, you can play with it any way you want. True. Uh, yeah, and, and Marianne Williamson actually kind of really only appeals to like kind of more bourgeois Hollywood people. Yeah. Like Hollywood wine moms like that. Marianne is a little bit more. It's, I think it's an upper echelon. Yeah. Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah. Yeah. It's a different kind of person. It's a different grift. And the like Tulsi is like a lot of very like, I don't know, like red pilled vets who also, have red marks you know what i mean like there's just a lot of like tulsi's got a lot of weird elements going on and i think tulsi people are actually very political people like they like care and are invested in politics they just have heterodox conclusions you know (laughs) whereas like williamson and yang people do not are not invested in politics fundamentally they are invested in uh, in lifestyle things they're invested in 
things that all of us should be more invested in, which is like living a wholesome life. Yeah. Or, like, you know, said, like a fulfilling life, yeah, you know, dude, Yang is, a, I like watching him. I like, you know, he's so person, he's personable. Oh, so it's like, okay, yeah, you he's watch like a the cool TikTok dude. of him at the pizza place. Yeah. You've watched that? I haven't said, no, I don't know what you're talking about. Is the one where he I don't, I don't watch TikTok. <laughs> no, it's, I'm like, it's I don't. It's just him. It, okay. It's just a 10 to 12 second clip of him. At I've what, gone through puberty. Yeah. I don't, what is he, this TikTok? No, he, he's just that like a CeCe's pizza. Yeah. And he's doing a little song to himself. And it's literally like. I like that pizza pizza. I like that pizza pie. I like that pizza one. Pizza guy. I want that pizza pizza. I want that pizza pie. Pizza, pizza, pizza. I like pizza, pizza. And he's like going to get some more dude. from under the sneeze guard. The, fucking, the fucking life is good candidate. Jesus Christ. No, like, yeah, exactly. Dude, Yang definitely like has smoked weed and watched like Harold and Kumar movies like with his friends. Absolutely. Like, like not, Yang yeah. watches. Not just because he's Asian. He, no, yeah. he he can quote Super Troopers. Like Yang is yes. a guy who. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Like I've, uh, Yang was in my dorm. Not him specifically, yeah. but that energy that person a hundred you know what not 100%. only has he watched those movies he's watched them sober i bet that <laughs> <laughs> he's not watch, he's not he's not fucking uh just uh dirtying them with with uh, he's getting his like eight-year-old children to watch super troopers with him and be like oh, you yeah, don't yeah. get that joke that's too bad but this one's funny for daddy this is a daddy joke yeah you yeah. know he's the kind of guy who's gonna say that that's sort I, of stuff. I have an update by the way uh stormy daniels it doesn't appear has endorsed anybody mm. um it does look at one point like she did endorse the sort of odd local politician oh. called michael hing who had a senate bid back in 2019 but more importantly Quote from uh, the Daily Beast. Uh, no, Washington Times. Michael Avenatti endorses Joe Biden. He has my enthusiastic support. Uh, what a grifter. Avenatti's I, a grifter yeah, and yeah. Biden's a grifter. And they're dude. <laughs> Which Avenatti is strange, what strange bedfellows, though, dude. Yeah, but they're sucks. yeah. Um, I think Avenatti would be a Bloomberg fan, though, too, you know. They're I mean, like New, in the so. same New York but, ecosystem. But they're both kind of doing the same thing of like being like, I am going to like use my machismo to stand up for the resistance. And like, instead of like having like, they're basically you mean Avenatti and Biden. Yeah. Avenatti and Biden. Yeah. yeah they're, they're really trying to like use their masculine energy as a, like, I will stand up for the women yeah, and I get- will fight for the women. And like that, I will use that. And I will take him out back and I will kick his ass behind the gym. Dude, kind Av- of a thing. You know, it's has, the same. He looks like a Slytherin dude. He has snake vibes for sure. Like he also, he looks like an upskirt guy. Like he's got cameras on the, on the top of his shoes. <laughs> like, <laughs> like he has that. He's a little too hot for that though. I wouldn't call him hot. I would say he's weird. He has, he's kind of odd and, Bald? Sli- like not that that's bad, but look at look at no, the guy. I, he's I like could, really str- he's a, he has a weird face. I like, could see some. Yeah, yeah I like the idea sneaky. of uh, of uh, GoPro cameras on the top of your wingtips. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look at him, dude, David. Look at this guy. He looks like uh, no, he's too handsome. He's no. too handsome. For he that. has a strong jaw. I'll give you that. I would say he's quite symmetrical in the face, but like you know, that's what else you need in a man. You know. I, mean, I don't like his eyes, man. They're too they're too beady and squinty. You know what I mean? He, yeah. he looks like a the star of a direct to video uh, knockoff of Crank. 
but yeah, like can, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like you're you're a lawyer, you're a lawyer, and you've got to make sure that your heart rate never goes underneath 120 beats a minute. Yeah, he has a, <laughs> I feel like he also has a porn face, actually, which is fitting because he did represent Storm, Stormy sure. Daniels. Like he does look like one of those weird male porn stars. If he that, had a if he had a face tattoo, he would be a porn star forever. Yeah, 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 yeah for I sure. Mean, yeah, um, but. More importantly, Michael Avenatti um, last month pleaded not guilty to an indictment accusing him of trying to extort as much as twenty five million dollars from Nike by threatening <laughs> right, to go right. <laughs> by threatening to go public with claims that the company made improper payments to athletes. So wow. he's extorting. He's extorting them. Uh, yeah, blackmail. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cla- classic blackmail. He also like uh, I, I read a story where in this case he um, right before it, like right after it happened he Googled on his computer what is insider trading. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you guys! So he and people. I have something in common. Yeah. People. <laughs> but people. I, uh, my my justification is uh, I was prepping for a podcast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was just doing research. Uh, you got it. You got a funny defense that they, he had. Yeah. People have to be aware that you you just can't be googling those kinds of things in 2020. Avenatti right. was preparing to come on Ponzi scream. That's why. That's like <laughs> yeah. I, I will submit an amicus brief to defend him. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm googling that too for gabe's reason but i'm also googling like what's the best type of industrial sewing machine for bag making you know like, sure because we know you're setting up a sweatshop in your apartment yeah yeah yeah, yeah exactly yeah just i'm just googling clips of fight club um <laughs> different clips yeah. just looking at yeah, yeah movieclips.com all day we yeah. all have a very idiosyncratic idiosyncratic um youtube sort of fetishes it's like john oliver and dude, fight club clips dude um, my youtube fucking weird at this point it really is <laughs> it's like joe rogan pops in there every once in a while because that's just what happens if you're a comedian on youtube uh but yeah a so, lot of sewing so prosecutors accused avenatti of demanding money from nike in exchange for agreeing to scrap a threatened news conference to discuss the athletic wear company's alleged improper payments to elite college basketball recruits um this happened. Uh, a schedule. A uh, trial just happened, and he lost uh, a motion to dismiss. He lost his fight to dismiss two counts in this criminal case of extortion. Um, this is in New York. Um, the judge didn't rule on Avenatti's motion to dismiss a third count in the indictment. Um, yeah, so he has that, and then he also has another case. What? Yeah, he's got another one. Um, I mean, once you're once you've started, why not just keep stacking indictments? Can I can I make a just a quick comment on the Nike thing? This guy has like real dumb guy energy. Like, yeah, of, of all of all of the companies that you're going to try to extort, it just happens to be the one that like single handedly powers the University of Oregon's football team the, <laughs> the one that's probably on most powerful football team yeah yeah the uh, they have college, great jerseys football team. They, have, they have great jerseys amazing jerseys you know um the, what do they do know? with the old jerseys because they don't they have a new one every game do they yeah, I've heard that the Oregon Ducks have a new jersey every game because, and it's like a new style every game. Oh, dude, what if they do what like um, Mark Jacobs or not Mark Jacobs? Um, Tom you know, shoes. Uh, Tom, no, it's like one of those like high end like douchebag like American Eagle. It's like one of those things uh, where 
uh oh they 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 like burn stuff they don't sell so poor people can't wear them nice yeah mm-hmm. th- there is um that's what i like uh behind a high-end restaurant just have an electrified a uh, trash can yes 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 with yes. barbed wire it's, it's around exactly it. like that oh, yeah God, i'm so upset no, but yeah why um, is he why is he fucking going after them and then also couldn't he have just just had a press conference because there's is there nothing illegal about like doing that if- he was trying to leverage this press conference um and co- co- get money out of not doing it um he also has plead uh pled not guilty in manhattan uh new york to stealing about three hundred thousand dollars from stormy daniels after what? helping her secure a book contract <laughs> oh my god this man he, he's grifting the grift and for a little while he he's was, like omar he was the white knight you know and, yeah and it's it we had all these uh these libs that thought that he was gonna he was gonna be the guy that took down uh you know Donald Trump. And I think that's so funny that when like we get these like Democrats that think that uh like th- they'll side with the CIA heads or they'll side Oof. with the FBI heads. And it's like, no, these guys are monsters as well. Like Avenatti was not a, a good dude. You yeah, know? they're self swords. No. Not not yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like, they're, yeah. they're fucking like Bron from uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bron from Game of Thrones. Exactly. Yeah, you can't you can't trust him as far as you can throw him. It, he doesn't it's... even have like a Mandalorian ethos. You know what I mean? Like there's, <laughs> there's no, no honor there. There's no honor. Avenatti is not one of a Mandalorian. And um, he looks like a fucking snake. I'm I'm uh, not. Do you guys think he has a big dick? I don't think I think he's a re- like do, medium small. Dude, I think it would small. be really funny if he had like a huge hog. I most lawyers I'd imagine have medium small. No, they're dudes that love doing homework. Yeah, most, yeah, I don't think and, if you were uh, if you had a big dick, you wouldn't be, go to law school. Like you just you're just not gonna. Why, why would you go to law school if you have a big dick? I bet he. I dude, I I'm willing to put it at a solid forty percent that he took the case just under the potential that he could have sex with Stormy Daniels. <laughs> like, like you gotta figure, you, you know, he was probably so like, true. this is gonna be a high profile case and. Uh, uh, who knows? Maybe I'll get it wet. You know, like, <laughs> it's like I bet that, that 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 is in his wheelhouse for sure. Um. So then he also pled not guilty in California court to wire fraud, bank fraud, and <laughs> other crimes, including stealing from clients. Okay. Um. So that he has three charges. He has three ongoing criminal investigations going on. Or ongoing uh, criminal lawsuits against him. Um, back to the Nike one. Prosecutors say Avenatti failed to reveal that Nike had offered to settle with his clients, youth basketball coach Gary Franklin, so long as the Beaverton, Oregon-based company... Beaverton, Oregon! That's right! That's right. Did, <laughs> Be- Beaverton, Oregon-based company did not have to pay Avenatti himself. Oh, so they're kind of doing the Pete thing where they're like, no, 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 no. I was not hired by a bread price fixing company. I worked for a third party <laughs> subsidiary that fixed bread prices. Uh, they're just trying to, they're just trying to like, we don't want to dignify it. This guy, he's fucking blowing my mind already. He's so dumb. He's got such dumb guy energy. He's really trying to, I mean, I think that's, he's kind of trying to like, you know what you got to do to beat Donald Trump. You got to fight fire with fire. You got to fight like Supreme grift with Supreme grift, but he didn't not like a, like you need to fight populism with, faux populism with populism he's like you need to fight grift with more grift and like less powerful and less successful grift i think that that's like the big takeaway from michael avenatti for me um and i um i wish him all the best 
Uh, <laughs> is, is he like um, in a correctional facility or like a holding thing right now? Yeah. So he spent time in jail, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he yeah. was in um, Man- Manhattanal Correction Center. Oh no, he was he in was the in bat. A, he was in the fuck. He was in the Epstein Chapo jail. Yeah, yeah, the for, bad one. He was in. He was in the one in Lower Manhattan, um, right next to the police precinct, and he um, spent like fourteen days in jail. Or something like that in solitary. Wow. Whoa. Or not solitary, but like 14 days in a, in a cell by himself. I'm sorry. In not... a protective custody. They put fucking Michael Avenatti in, in a protective custody and they put fucking Epstein with a cop who killed people. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, yep. Yep. Uh, yeah. He spent the lawyers. Uh, he spent 14 days in the cell since being arrested. This was uh, th- this story is from uh, late January. Um, yeah, there's a good, um, here's a quote. He's quoted as threatening to say in a recorded telephone conversation, um, with, uh, Avenatti's with the lawyers, basically. So Avenatti talked to Nike's lawyers, basically. And this is, uh, the a quote, I'll take 10 million off your client's market cap. Avenatti is quoted as threatening in a recorded telephone conversation. I'm not expletive fucking around with this thing anymore I'm not shitting around i'm not i'm not i'm not assholing around um yeah in exchange for not going public nike would have to pay the coach 1.5 million dollars for any claims related to no longer sponsoring his team immediately pay 12 million dollars and guarantee 15 to 25 million in total payments for the internal investigation when one of nike's lawyers said that he had never received payments like that avenatti asked if he had ever quote held the balls of the client in your hand where you could take five to six million dollar cap off of them, according to court documents. Uh, they are going to they are going to incur cut after cut after cut. That's what's going to happen as soon as this thing becomes public. Um, yeah. So he said all this stuff. Uh, Just incredible. I mean, it's one thing if you can, like, follow through with any of, like, the, the threats that you have or at least be able to present them like that. Like, you know, but it's just... Dude, you're a loser. <laughs> I mean, like, well, look, maybe I have to look into the past of him a little bit and like how successful he has been with like other cases. But like, he's just batting out of his league. You know, he really does seem to be batting out of his league and not to like give um, like a mafioso like too much credit. But like a mafia, a mafia boss, if you're going to extort a com- someone, first off, don't extort a multi like a multi-billion dollar corporation. Second off. Yeah, you what? find an individual. You find yeah. an individual that works there that has a grift that has you know some sort of like issue with the company that it, they got turned down for a promotion to senior vice president or whatever. You do that, and also come on, tap them down to make sure they're not wearing a wire. I mean, this is just sure. Has he not That's seen like, every mob movie? You know, all of my threats uh, for extortion happen in bathhouses. Yeah, like yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, after yeah. watching The Wire, uh, not The Wire, but The Sopranos. You yeah, know? what is what? It, like it wasn't even that. He was on the phone. <laughs> he was like, "What do you guys do? Go down to the beach. Make sure there's lots of ambient waves crashing." No, no, no. He, I think he was actually he did meet in person, but they recorded it. Oh, they just recorded. It. Okay. Wait, 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 wait. Or, or or was he on the phone, dude? I yeah, no, it, in a recorded telephone conversation. Yeah, right. he was on the phone. Oh my phone. god. Yeah. So, you're right. So no, even, it's just even, like it's so stupid. It's just, <laughs> yeah, go to B and H and take that meeting where there's like fucking <laughs> all kinds of yeah, you know, Rube Goldberg devices going on <laughs> up, uh, right above you and all kinds of conveyor belts moving cameras for people. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, vote Joe Biden because Michael Avenatti has endorsed him. Yeah. Um, 
And I think that that's is that all we have to say about Michael Avenatti before we move on to the the, I'm, the I'm entree. Sure this, I'm sure this won't be the last time we're talking about him. I'm sure he'll come up again. Yeah, there's going to be more things that happen because he's got three active criminal trials going on <laughs> against him. So more, more TB, TBD. Yeah, yeah. On, on the Avenatti. Uh, leave us a review and uh, rate the show uh, yeah. and uh, uh, donate to the Patreon, and maybe you'll get a free Avenatti T-shirt. Yeah, from <laughs> yeah, it'll be great. <laughs> Um, but tonight we're gonna um we're gonna talk about something, and I think I, w- I think we should talk about um we have to have a J- serious talk J Lo's performance at the Super Bowl when she had the cape with the Puerto Rico U S inverted cape yeah the, yeah. Feather, the feather cape we saw that mm-hmm. I saw it loved it because that's because she, she uh, I actually didn't see the Super Bowl halftime I gotta look up this cape uh, I I thought it was I thought it was great I re- I really liked it a powerful powerful hashtag representation matters. Yeah, yeah I mean with with Bo- booties, oh, wow. booties, man. Yes, just yes, gorgeous. I mean, just some really uh, nice kids. Kids were there on the stage oh, in yeah, cages. The oh my right? god, that is an audacious cape. My god, that looks that thing. Is, <laughs> Jesus She's Christ a, on a fucking cross. That <laughs> thing. I, I was expecting like just sort of like oh, like Conor McGregor with a flag around it, but the, this thing is feathers. <laughs> it is huge. What I love about your reaction, Danny, is that you were not commenting on anything else about their costume except for the cape dude the cape you know I, mean? <laughs> I, love it. I mean maybe just the perspective at which i'm seeing but this thing looks like a bigger than like a harry potter robe situation it's yeah huge it is like an invisibility cloak for her ass yeah yeah i gotta this is this is a bit too much a lot of stamina she's 50 years old great great dancing um that still the- looks fit the pole dance is apparently incredibly difficult that pole the, where she was like holding herself up and climbing up the pole is apparently very very challenging. Um, I saw I've this, talked to numerous firefighters. Oh yeah, I saw this meme online, and it was a picture of like Blanche uh, from Golden Girls, and then uh, next to J Lo, and it was like fifty in nineteen eighty five versus fifty in twenty twenty. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, that's that's beautiful. The abuelas are looking good, man. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna go back to. Um, an earlier time in Puerto Rico, we're going to talk about um, bonds, baby. We're going to talk. We're back on the bonds, okay? That, you know, one of the most sensible, stable, uh, economic what commodities that you securities. can buy. Securities, securities, securities. Yes. it's not, it's not corn. <laughs> not corn. I say this yeah. every morning to myself in the mirror. Uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, look, they're they're a good thing. Every, a lot of people have a bond, especially a government bond or like a state bond. You can buy like a bond for the city of New York. Yes, you can. You can really. Buy... I want to buy a bond for the city of New York. <laughs> <laughs> you could buy a bond uh, to send to send a salami to your boy uh, in fighting in the trenches in World War One. That's right, war bonds. War yeah. bonds. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, Puerto Rico. Um, there was this act in 1917, not the movie, the Jones Shafroth Act uh, of 1917, granted U.S. citizenship to residents. In Puerto Rico. it's also- awesome. Awesome. Hey, colony, now citizen. Hey. Hey, now you guys have like, uh, you know, liminal s- status as citizens. Cool. You can vote, maybe. You can vote. Maybe not in Puerto Rico, but you can vote because you're an American citizen. You can travel freely. Yes, you can travel freely between them. You um, are protected by like U.S. laws, like civil rights laws. Well, not in 1917 you weren't because they didn't exist, but like. I think you could be protected by – like you – can you – can Puerto Ricans vote for president? Yes. 
They can um, vote for president. They can vote for primary, certainly. Yes. I know that. No, they can't vote for president. Or can they? I don't think they can vote for president. Oh, this is, we, I'm so glad we've done all our research on Yeah, the, I'm on, so glad. On, on, the, on the scream. Well, also, I mean, I'm. this is another thing I'm, I'm kind of thinking about. I had no idea that was... 103 years ago uh, puerto rico seems to have like more long standing than like oklahoma hey future danny here apparently oklahoma became a state on november 16th 1907 followed by new mexico in 1912 as well as arizona in 1912 but puerto rico is technically older than both alaska and hawaii which both became states in 1959 so just a little food for thought Hawaii, yeah, like like uh, resident, they cannot vote for presidents. Yeah, yeah, no. not entitled to electoral votes for presidents, and they do not have voting representation in Congress. But they have like representation in Congress that cannot vote on bills. They can like yeah. sit on committees, and like the um, I think there's like the Natural Resources Committee is where all the territories are for some reason. So yeah, so, like, if the Democrats wanted to uh, gain more power, they would make Puerto Rico and Washington DC states. Yes, Statehood that would be something that deal. they could do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or the Republicans completely change their brand and become um and try to court that vote and then try and do that as well, but they would never do that. So, anyways, uh this Jones-Shafroth Act also spelled out a number of stipulations Defining the territory's relationship with the U.S. mainland. This is from Investopedia. One of those stipulations involved Puerto Rican municipal bonds in which the ways that would be treated differently than bonds issued by states. Okay. So going to get into some sh- the weeds a little bit here. Interest, oh, yeah. Interest income on most municipal bonds is subject to taxes by various levels of governments, including federal, state, and local. The primary exception is when an investor purchases a bond issued by the, his own his or her own state of residence. Okay. So if you're from Florida and you invest in Florida bonds, you are going to be exempted, uh, from this, these various level of taxations. So this interest income. So from your returns on these bonds. Yeah. With with the idea being like, yeah, you're a resident. You want to, we want to encourage you as a resident of Florida to invest in your sunshine bonds. Yeah. The sunshine bonds. So, so the weird thing about this is that it, um, this 1917 act made it exempted Puerto Rican municipal bonds from all three levels of taxation as well. As a result, residents of all 50 states and other U.S. territories could invest in Puerto Rican bonds without paying interest on the income. Okay? Okay. So what that means is that Puerto Rican bonds are very, very lucrative. Okay? Yes. For everybody. In addition to we live in New York, New York bonds are lucrative because we're exempt from these taxes – so are Puerto Rican bonds because they are a territory. Okay, as a result of this, investment dollars began flooding into Puerto Rican government bonds. Okay, uh, this failed to cause problems for many, many decades. Okay, um, but during the 1970s, the territory's government started using bond investment money uh, to balance its budget, despite being borrowed funds and not actual revenue. Yes. Okay, so they're using that loan that. All of us might be giving them because our investment portfolio has Puerto Rican bonds, so we're giving them this loan, and that loan they start using that for their own revenue. So they're like leveraging the loan to pay for infrastructure, basically. Yes. yes. Okay. So they start doing this, and this is um, a weird, huge uh, 
problem for them because now all of a sudden they're using basically like money that isn't theirs to fund their government. Okay. Does that okay. make sense? It's yeah, essentially yeah. borrowed money. <sighs> they yeah. broke the piggy bank. And but are they using it? Okay, so here's my question. Because they're not a state, is that why they're just like, I guess we gotta use these bonds? Yes. Because they're not getting as much money that like fucking Maryland or Nebraska or whatever would get from the federal government. So Puerto Rico, um, compared to other states with poor residents, such as like Mississippi or something, Puerto Rico receives a tiny fraction of federal money to assist with social spending. As a result, the territory must heavily earmark its own budget to provide money for federally mandated programs. Really now? Along with welfare and other safety net initiatives to help the needy. So hold on one second. If it's a federally mandated program, that means that it has to be done. Yeah. But in every other instance with other states like Mississippi, there's federally mandated programs, but the federal government has to give Mississippi the money to perform these responsibilities. In Puerto Rico... They're demanding that they do the same things that Mississippi does, but they don't give them as much money to do it. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly Shit, shit's right. Shit's going out, but it's not coming back in. It's a little yeah. bit like the ACA. <laughs> oh, all right. Okay. Where, let's, like, let's hear it. Uh, you know, uh, you're telling people mm-hmm. who are barely above minimum wage and now that they they qualify for uh, health care, but they don't qualify for um, Medicaid. Yes. And yes. and it's like, okay, well, now you have to buy into this program, this this almost federally mandated program mm-hmm. that, but uh, but you have to pay this much. And, and you're like, well. Of your, out of your own pocket. Yeah, and you're like, well, I'm already kind of poor. It's like, no, 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 no. You're above <laughs> the poverty level by 10 yeah. or 15 odd percent. So actually, you have to pay your rent as ostensibly increases 200 what? bucks a month. And the health care that we're giving you still costs money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a version of it there. Uh, you see it. You, you see it. And so the thing is, is that on top of that, so that there were this huge deficit, but there's this thing that's keeping Puerto Rico's economy afloat, which is something that has been going on for, you see this all over the world now, thanks to globalization, is that you have tax advantages to try and encourage corporate entities to stay on the island. Okay. So this okay, is the okay. the constant thing that happens this race to the bottom thing of globalization where we're going to keep cut taxes so that way the few people who have the ability to provide jobs and a decent lifestyle and a decent living um will stay on this island and continue to provide those things. Okay, so Puerto Rico was very tax advantageous and so people wanted to set up companies there. Okay? Big pharma they set up a lot of companies there. Oh, is that, re- is that oh, right? Yeah. Really? Ooh. Yeah. So they yes, yeah, so like manufacturing stuff will be there. They got rid of those tax advantages. So all of a sudden, okay, the, right. the few tax, the few ways that they could get tax money to pay back these bonds left because all of a sudden they got rid of these tax advantages because they needed to raise taxes or something. I mean, they they, they need to make money to pay off these bonds. So then it exacerbates everything even more. People start fleeing the island because there's no jobs. Everyone's moving, and like people start moving to the mainland because that's where the jobs are. Okay. Which like totally reasonable thing to do. So now you have no tax base. Now you have no tax base. So then, then you're like triple screwed, right? I mean, you're really, really in trouble. Okay. So 
Then they're in a really, really tough spot. So around 2008, under the conservative uh, Luis Fortunio administration, Fortunio. Um, this guy, this, uh, this, this man named Carlos Garcia, okay? So um, he was the head of PROMESA. PROMESA is, uh, he's, formerly this Garcia was the head of the Bank of Santander. Uh, then he was over, overseeing the, According to the nation described the privatization and pillage of Puerto Rico's anemic public assets. Okay, so he went in there and said a shock doctrine debt? Honestly, yeah. Uh, okay. That, okay, so for to st- take a step back for a second, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So PROMESA is the uh, Puerto Rico Oversight Management and Economic Stability Act. Okay? So they have all this debt. So they try to um, – Let's see. Oh man, I'm I'm losing track. So no, but, it's it's okay. Just just to recap, so people know what's happening. Puerto Rico gets vote, becomes part of America. They get these bonds. They start spending the bonds because they don't have any income from America. Uh, corporations get incentivized to move there, but then they lose that incentivization. People leave Puerto Rico, and now it's 2008, and there's not a lot of money and not a lot of people. So, but they borrow. But a lot of people have given them bonds. Yeah. So a lot of people have loaned Puerto Rico money. Yes. Yes. That they'll eventually have to pay back. Precisely. Yeah. So starting around 2008, okay, this guy Garcia, who worked for Santander Bank, okay, was appointed to head Puerto Rico's Government Development Bank and its public-private. Partnerships Authority, two agencies designed to draw investment capital into the crumbling public sector. Um, basically, he led the abrupt liquidation of an infrastructure fund known as the Corpus Accounts, which is a public financing vehicle for infrastructure projects um, uh, to meet, uh, which was needed in order to meet federal clean water and drinking act requirements. Then, okay, okay. All right. Yeah, so like, so, so, like, so privatizing these things. Yeah. So, yeah. so he they, they argued that despite the glaring conflict of interest, Garcia had free reign to issue unsustainable bonds from 2009 to 2011 um, to his former employer Santander, earned millions as a lead or participating underwriter in these transactions. Yes. So not only is he using this debt crisis to privatize these banks essentially these to create this like public private partnership to like draw away from these, this corpus account, which is uh, financing public infrastructure. Okay. Yes. He is also using um, to, to do that underwriting his former employer Santander into these private public private partnerships. Yeah. So an underwriter is somebody who basically is like kind of a, um, an insurance policy on a lo- on like a financial transaction. The cosigner. They're the cosigner. So if you rent for anybody else, you know you got you you want to rent an apartment. You don't have the credit for it. Uh, you're making the money, but you can't prove it. Your parents are cosigning. You, your you get a guarantor. Yeah, you're a guarantor. An underwriter is kind of like a guarantor. Cosigner. You break the lease. Yeah, they gotta pay the piper. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Santander is um, a 23 year old NYU grads. Uh, no, uh, no, no, no. Santander guarantor. is Santander is their is, parents. Is, is the their parents. parents? They're the yeah, parents. Yeah, yeah. In this I was, analogy. I was going to get to the parents. Yeah, yeah. The parents of a 23 year old NYU grad living in Ridgewood, which is Puerto Rico. Which yes, yes. Puerto Rico is the NYU <laughs> yes. grad. Oh yes. my god, this is getting yeah. It's it's, <laughs> it's complicated, but it, it it makes sense. And maybe just to really hammer this out for people a little bit. 
uh, if it if it doesn't make if this seems a little weird, it it has happened in America many times before. With one of the most glaring things being what happened in New Orleans right after Hurricane Katrina happened, because what happened there is you know this horrible natural disaster essentially hits the Gulf Coast, fucking destroys all uh, a bunch of infrastructure, all these sort of stabilizing forces within New Orleans. And then what happens is a big bureaucratic force comes in and says, all right, things are too crazy right now. We need to take all these public goods, essentially, and we need to hand them over to private companies so that they can, like, you know, quote unquote, like make them better or, yeah. or whatever. Uh, and that is exactly what happened in New Orleans. All the whole public school system got privatized. Yeah. And if you look at history, when things get privatized, that's not good for the people who aren't the people privatizing them. Yeah. So, and, and it's even worse for Puerto Rico for two reasons, but that it is tied to its territorial status. One, they can't get tax revenue off these bonds. So, like, they're not getting tax revenue in that way, and they are not protected by bankruptcy protections. They cannot file for Chapter 9, which is the chapter that municipal governments file for when they file for bankruptcy. Like, Detroit filed for Chapter 9. Yeah. They can't file for Chapter 9, so they're, they have to go through these weird territorial bankruptcy issues. Um, and also, this PROMESA board, which was the board that was helping to deal with Puerto Rico's debt crisis. And this comes into... Uh, in like 2012, they start dealing with, they start trying to handle this sort of bond issue and they are um, offering conditional relief in exchange for brutal fiscal cutbacks. Austerity. Precisely. Everybody loves austerity. Yeah. Yeah. So rather nobody that's the opposite. It's actually no (laughs) one. So PROMESA is this board that is created to help with Puerto Rico's debt relief. This is all spiraling downward. This is like PROMESA is very much, U.S. to Puerto Rico is like Germany to Greece, right yeah, around the exact, yeah, yeah, yeah. right around the exact same time as well. Like right after the financial crisis, um, they basically Greece and Puerto Rico have similar things where they are both subject to certain laws um, and currencies and financial markets of wealthier nations, but are also getting screwed over and have don't have the same protections and don't have the same access to capital that wealthier nations do. Yeah, so all the weird... rules, none of the benefits. Yeah, baby. Yeah, and it's uh, a. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I'm maybe if I maybe I'm stepping out of line. You know, I'm stepping out of line here, but it's just one of those things where one half of it is the fact that they're just not recognizing them as a state, which mm-hmm. they it looks like a state, acts like a state. You know, all the things. You know, totally. It's just East Coast Hawaii, uh, <laughs> essentially. <laughs> In this case, no offense to any any Pacific Islanders or Puerto Ricans in this case. <laughs> um, but the other aspect of it is just sort of this kind of like underlying mm-hmm. like racism where it's just like, no, 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 no. You cannot be uh, expected to handle your your own stuff. So we're not going to give you any of the actual benefits of statehood, you know? Yeah, precisely. It is a paternalism for sure. Paternalism. That's yeah, it. yeah. And it's definitely like a, a thing of like you... We will only let you into the wealthy white country on the condition that you follow these like extremely onerous austerity regimes and not really, not really infringe upon our liberty in a real way. Like we're it's I mean it's 
Yeah, I mean, it's just a, a liminal citizenship, and mm-hmm. that, that, that's and, and this is a financial version thereof. Um, so, as a result of that, there are two weird things that are happening right now in court. Um, Puerto Rico is suing, um, arguing on two constitutional challenges. Okay, this is, is kind of interesting. Um, one that the, one of the oversight boards um, that was created in order to manage Puerto Rico's debt was not constitutional because it has so much power that it should that the people who are in charge of the oversight board should have been appointed by the president and confirmed by the senate but they were not yeah yeah it's it's just okay yeah it's like a it's like the war act, uh, uh the war act or whatever it is where like the senate is the one who confirms acts of wars or or congress does it's like the president can't do it yeah you know yeah they're trying to do um trying to balance it. It's like, no, this was all private. Yeah. They, yeah. yeah. I mean, or they were saying this this was all done by executive essentially executive order and it wasn't following the constitutional processes. And so therefore everything that they've done, all the regimes that they've implemented, should be uh undone, essentially. So mm-hmm. they're trying to argue that it should not uh have to comply with these terms. Um the second one, and but then the court is saying that it may be unconstitutional and they may have to and like the Senate may have to like retroactively confirm these guys. But there's this uh, basically principle of law that says that you should just follow what was going on. Just go with the officers, even though they weren't officially allowed sanctioned to do what they were supposed to do. <laughs> come just, on, I'm just already com- in this club. Yeah, come it kinda, on. yeah exactly. It kinda- I'm, I'm wearing a, a, a collared shirt, you know. <laughs> I'm cool. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it, it, they're, they're, the the defense is trying to argue that, but then Puerto Rico is like, no, man, that condition works, but it doesn't apply in constitutional situations. We'll see how it goes. That's still going on. The second one is a little bit more specific. Um, this is where it gets weird. Um, Ooh, so creepy. There have been some of these bonds that have been classified as on the intake as bonds. But they have not been bonds. Okay. Or what? <laughs> Basically, Puerto Rico's constitution, um, it has its own uh, territorial constitution. It says that sure. there is a debt limit on how many bonds it can take out. The lawsuit is saying that the they were issued too much debt illegally and that the people of Puerto Rico should not have to repay it. It's oh God. I'm losing my train well. Of thought. You know, I'm maybe of maybe oh this God. makes sense. Uh, maybe uh, uh, this this is kind of what it sounds like to me. It kind of sounds like a situation similar to the financial crisis of 2007 2008, where what happened is is you gave a bunch of people loans and mortgages to houses that the um, person issuing that mortgage knew in full well that they couldn't actually repay it. So it's a situation where it's like, yeah, this, this is, we're being responsible. It's like, no, you would never do that. It's irresponsible to do that. It's predatory. Here it is. The, the lawsuit center on Puerto Rico's constitutional debt limit, which establishes a ceiling for the amounts of general obligation bonds the island's government can issue. The limit does not apply to other types of debts, however, and the lawsuits argue, this is from the New York Times, by the way, the lawsuits argue that the banks helped Puerto Rico's government design and market bonds that appeared to be something other than general obligation bonds, thereby circumventing the limits. 
and ultimately making the island's insolvency much worse. So what Danny was saying is true in principle, basically, but really what it was was some chicanery. Okay, they were saying that these were. I love David, that word. I was gonna say, David. I think you've dropped that three out of seven episodes <laughs> so far. Maybe four out of seven. Well, I, I was. Just, I interviewed a source, and he used that word too many times in an interview, and I just think it's 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 beautiful. It's just like it's it's gorgeous. Do you know what chicanery means? Uh, bad stuff, uh, malfeasance, perhaps <laughs> yeah, a little, yeah, a little yeah. bit of uh, higgledy piggledy chicanery. The use of trickery to achieve a political, financial, or legal purpose. I uh, certainly don't know what it means. Uh, so I'm still trying to follow all of this. It's, we've it's just, you guys have been hopping around a lot. So uh, what <laughs> is the quite complicated? So are these bonds fake bonds? Are these like fake Rolexes that are being sold? So like, here's I don't ex- quite here's, understand. Here's an example that the New York Times gives. Um, the complaint said that the bonds issued by Puerto Rico's public buildings authority to maintain to build and maintain public schools were to be repaid by rental payments on the building. That made them seem like they were revenue bonds, which are not counted towards the debt ceiling in that constitutional limit. But in fact, the rent payments were made by the government's general fund, the same source of money that the, that repays the general obligation bonds. For that reason, the school construction bonds should have been counted as general obligation bonds, the lawsuit says. Had all the lost government's bonds been properly classified, it would have been clear that Puerto Rico had exceeded its constitutional debt limit. The lawsuit says. Yeah, I think. Honest, does that make? Does that help, Gabe? I mean, uh, almost. Yes. I mean, I really, it really just does seem. I mean, I think to really make it very simple, it's you know, it's it's the same as when you give somebody uh, like too many credit cards and you say. This is going to be your only way to like pay off things, you mm-hmm. know, pay your rent, do these things. We know, we know that we are not putting you in a position to be able to pay off these debts, but we're going to give you these cards anyway. And when you go over those limits, we're going to blame you. And Puerto Rico is being like, nah, dude, that's not how it works. You I mean, I, yeah. I understand that. I guess, uh, I think it was just more the actual technical difference between these bonds, but I don't care. <laughs> yeah, so, I don't think it matters. I, That's true. Yeah. I mean, but it, it, it does it, matter because it is like, it, it, yeah, yeah. I, I just don't. <laughs> it's really complicated. Look, so there are general obligation, obligation bonds and they have a limit in which in Puerto Rico's constitution, they can be assigned to Puerto Rico. That's right. Because yeah, the, Puerto Rico's territorial constitution does not want allow the territory to take on too much debt. Yes. They know right? there'll be problems if there's too much debt. Right. So, so there's a cap, but and then right. And then something so basically, else. Basically. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. so um, the defendants, which are Citigroup, Goldman Sachs, JP Morgan Chase, a number of other major banks, and <laughs> all, all these not evil people. Yeah. Definitely yeah. not evil. Yeah. And and <laughs> so like we so far we've implicated Santander. And all these, and and then these three guys, and a few others, and then this law, big law from Sidley Austin that the Obamas worked for. That's oh. where they met. They were working at Sidley Austin That's together. Cute. I thought that Obama was a community organizer. He did that right out of college. He like. Uh, oh, so this is not. Th- this was him not doing community organizing. This is, <laughs> yeah. this is this is this is like in between Harvard Law School and 
teaching at the University of Chicago, the most conservative law school in the country. Yeah, um, this is him organizing a, a city big Santander uh, <laughs> HSBC gangbang on Puerto Rico. This is the complete opposite of community organizing. It's going into a community with a flamethrower and just, yeah. you know. It, it is, yeah, precisely. Uh, yeah. It is uh, not community organizing. Is uh, I don't know uh, uh, shock doctrine, capitalism. So basically, these people are in the complaint. These banks in and Sidley Austin misclassified the general obligation bonds as some other kind of bond, so that way they could exceed the constitutional limits. I think that's what I was getting. And issue at more was bonds that makes it more clear to me than it's just them us giving them not us but the u.s giving them more debt than they can handle they these bonds were misrepresented mm-hmm. as something that they're not when in reality they were like accounted for as general obligation bonds so therefore they should have been these constitutionally limited general obligation bonds does that make more sense yeah so it is danny's principle like what you're saying but there's this constitutional limit not like a reasonableness limit which is kind of yeah, what you're saying yeah like, yeah it's yeah, kind yeah, of like yeah, a yeah, yeah. reasonable financial consumer would not buy this mcmansion but this is like no no there's a constitutional limit and jp morgan allegedly and the others uh it manipulated Puerto and that's Rico where the into crime taking, is yeah because yeah. the, the term crime. reasonable is subjective So it's very hard to argue whether something is uh, like fair or unfair, but it is easier to argue whether something is uh, actual white collar crime where you're you're lying. What is the thing with federal with federal um, uh, pension funds? Reasonable accountability or what's it? What's it called? Oh, reasonable fees. Fees shall be reasonable. Fees shall not be unreasonable. Yeah, Yeah. fees shall not be. The word reasonable, um, if you guys do ever go to law school, is thrown around a lot. It is a pretty meaningless term, but it is very fact specific. But so, but anyways, this is not about the term reasonableness. This is about whether they are exceeding this constitutional limit that exists or not. It's either there or it's not. Yeah, um, and I guess we're still in the middle of this case, right? We are still in the middle of this case. Puerto Rico is trying to get all like so. Then there's people who want to uh, get rid of all, cancel all of Puerto Rico's debt. And like undo Promesa, that's like I think Bernie, I think Warren also said she wants to do that. Trump mentioned uh, canceling all of Puerto Rico's debt in 2017. Um, just like one of his random little just, brain farts. Yeah, like, he like just said, like, I want to give it a bit debt. You yeah, know, like, yeah, exactly. Like he's he like, I know it. what it's like to have unreasonable debts. <laughs> yeah, actually, <laughs> real talk. Like yeah. he can very much. That's like one of the he's things like, he loves. Believe it, take it from me. I understand bankruptcy. And, yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So he, uh, yeah. So he just like farted it out or whatever. Um, I mean, just like in the same reason that like Jared Kushner like wanted to do criminal justice reform because his father. Serve time in a white collar prison, <laughs> you know, what I, like just these people are just maniacs. Um, so anyway, so like that is where we're at with Puerto Rico. The thing is, is that people, there's a lot of arguments that are saying that, okay, because of this bond thing, um, you're really only hurting the people who are taking these out who owns Puerto Rican bonds, you know, and there's a ah. lot, there's a lot of litigation about, cause now all these bondholders are trying to get their money back. And there have been a couple – there's been, I mean, just so much litigation about this. Basically, um, UBS, Santander, and a few others have been in arbitration um, basically saying uh, with these – with their clients um, because there are some people that were 
recommending Puerto Rican bonds from 2009 to 2011 when they very well knew that Puerto Rico <laughs> was on the verge of complete financial collapse. Oh my gosh, um, dude, this is that's so. It's not the uh, cl- it's not the customers that are that are to blame. You know, it's not the it's not the old ladies in Florida that were being told by Puerto Rican bonds. Yeah, that uh, they were being scammed as well. So it's the middlemen. It's the it's the it's the banks. It's the banks that are doing it because they're they're making some extra money. And it's it's the individual brokers. So there's this one guy you can look him up on BrokerCheck. Um, Ooh, we love we love broker check. <laughs> we love it. Um, he has um, let's see. His name is Angel Angel Manuel Cannibal Senior. Um, that is quite the name. And his name is Cannibal. And he <laughs> Cannibal. So he has. Oh God, it's really hard to count the number of financial disputes. But oh, um, does he have a lot of red dots next to him? He has a lot of red dots <laughs> next to him. Ooh, I want to see if I can see his red dots. Um, you want to see? Okay, so. Look at all that! Look at all those red dots! Whoa! Whoa. Oh my gosh, Gabe! Whoa. It's so funny! It's just like this solid block. From there, have my been, there have been ninety-four disclosures, quote unquote. Wow. That is what a lot just, of chicken pox. A lot, yeah, a lot, yeah. lot so, of chicken pox going so on this here. This is all this litigation, and he has been. He is still employed. Okay, my my friends, he is still employed. Oh my god, where the where the hell is he employed? This is it, so embarrassing. But I mean, just, just, yeah, he's still employed at UBS. He's still there. What? He's still at UBS. Yeah, he's been there since 1998, and he is still there. 94 complaints, and most of them related to uh, poorly issuing Puerto Rican bonds to people. So um, he's, a, he's like a financial advisor, essentially. He's a, yeah, he's a broker. Yeah, he's yeah, a broker, yeah. and he's just like, I know what you're gonna absolutely love. You're gonna love. You're gonna love. <laughs> I serve up one thing and one thing only: yeah, Puerto, Rican, Puerto bonds. Rican bonds. <laughs> <laughs> so he's been about in as all- uh, juicy as a Trump steak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So he's been in all these arbitrations to try and get this handled to get this de- because people are alleging this that he gave him these faulty Puerto Rican bonds when he shouldn't have known. You know, it, sometimes we don't even see these because these guys uh, will get their um, rap sheet expunged, but. We can see that there have been 94 disclosures uh, against so them. Many. So many. There could have been more. We really, we really, uh, we really don't know. Um, so there's all sorts of things going on. So in addition to individual grandmas and grandpas that are putting in Puerto Rican bonds, it could be wealthier people. Either way, um, firms like UBS, firms like J.P. Morgan, firms like Santander are all making money every single step of this process. Remember, yeah, the guy who the underwriter. Was a former employee who I mean, sorry, this the guy who was part of the austerity board, okay, Garcia. He was he used to work for Santander, and he got Santander to underwrite this austerity regime, okay, pre like not related to Promesa, okay. This lawsuit alleging that they mis misidentified these bonds that was chicanery done by J.P. Morgan and these other folks, okay. This individual broker is recommending these faulty recommendations, these faulty bonds. He's still an employee at UBS. All of these guys are finding their own little special way to soak up Puerto Rico. I want Adam McKay to make a uh, a sequel to the big short that's like Casa de mi padre for Puerto Rico and this debt crisis. El grande pequeño. El grande pequeño. A little small, my friends. <laughs> uh, Friend Danny speaks just un poco español. Um, and I think that that's kind of where we're at with Puerto Rico. That's all. That's it's, all I know of. I mean, yeah. you know what? I, I got to say uh, to to the listeners and everything who 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 made it through the episode. It's it's like it's tough. It's tough to understand this because it's on purposely 
complicated. Yes. You know, it's on it's intentionally. It's intentionally. intentionally and complicated. And I'm I know that before today, if you told me, Danny, why is Puerto Rico bankrupt? The only part of that that I would have a slight inkling of like actual knowledge of was like Oh yeah, Puerto Rico is in like financial trouble, but I have no idea there is how, just, why, it what just, happened. There is, and it all comes down to it all roots down to financial firms capitalizing on the fact that Puerto Rico has liminal citizenship status. Yeah, it's a gray. It's a gray market. It is a gray market, and they are they've been capitalizing off of their territorial status, and Puerto Rico has been hurt every single step of the way um, because of the provisions. Um, of their territoriality. Yeah. So, uh, colonialism has never ended. No. And there is a, <laughs> this is like a mer- mercantilist uh, relationship between us and Puerto, or the mainland in Puerto Rico. Yeah. It, 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 I mean, if, you, if people say that financialization is not extractive, look at Puerto Rico. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, like you're like, oh, it's financial, the finance sector, it's just people moving around numbers, blee, blee, boop, blee, boop. It's not like, the, it's not like oil or gold or slavery. Those are extractive. It's like, this is this is just as extractive, right? And and the and and making useless investments for people who are investing. Yeah, like yeah. the fact that the that these bonds were it was incentivized people from all over the mainland to put money into this place mm-hmm. uh, that would ultimately end up to be worthless. Yeah, uh, I, through no fault of the Puerto Rican people themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The, the whole thing, I mean, like, I think we've all seen, like, weird little John Oliver, like, segments where they're talking, like, we're going to talk about payday loan shit, and we're going to talk about food deserts in this. I, I, tell me if I'm wrong, but this, the whole situation really just reeks of that flavor of, like, inequality and, and what have you. It's just sort of, like, you don't get the same options in, like, chances as a thing governed by the united states yes, territory as detroit or new york city yeah like, yeah it's just it's not they will not have those sorts of things and i think john i'm sure john oliver has covered puerto rico's debt crisis um but there is not the level of complicity and just understanding as just to how um yeah extractive there is i mean it, it's it's um it's bad news bears guys and basically yeah. maybe and now and, and then there, and then on top of all that stuff there's been maria and then now, and then there was this earthquake that just happened recently. So I mean, yeah. like on top of that, the infrastructure, which was already privatized and looted, thanks to all these austerity regimes, this Garcia guy from uh, Santander. Um, then the infrastructure is also just crumbling because of hurricanes and earthquakes. Like yeah. it just it it just keeps going um, and just keeps getting deeper. And recently, the people of Puerto Rico, um, we saw. I don't know if you guys saw this photo on Twitter. There are people. Carrying a guillotine to the governor's house. <laughs> oh, like, I saw that. Someone, yeah. yeah, someone made an actual guillotine, and they were carrying it in the streets on the way. I think to the governor's house because there was. Turns out there was some aid, food that was just sitting in a shipping container that what? was that, that was not given to the people for whatever reason. Was it just like rotten or or? or it no, just a lot of that stuff is just like uh, dried goods. Yeah yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't think it had gone it had gone rotten yet, but it was just sitting there, and it was like been there for two years since maria or something like that and so it's just like this um yeah so i mean like there there will be the thing that's always been weird about puerto rico is is i feel like there's been a third of the population that doesn't care a third of the population that robustly wants independence and a third of the population that robustly wants statehood and i think that the that third is getting eaten the first third doesn't care that doesn't care 
that is that group is slowly, slowly diminishing, and they're getting smaller and smaller and smaller because they are getting a rotten deal. Puerto Rico is getting uh, the candle burnt at both ends, and eventually there's going to come to a head, and I think that there, there will be a vote to determine whether they're going to get statehood or independence. Um, and I, I don't know. Which one do you guys think would be better for them? I, I mean, Puerto Rico is like a really interesting situation because, I mean, we all live in – uh, uh, you know, function in New York City, and there is obviously a gigantic Puerto Rican population that lives here. And I think anybody well, who talks to you know Puerto Rican people knows that, like, especially if you're traveling there, Puerto Rico being a territory of the United States is like really good. It's also <laughs> like one of the reasons I've talked to people and uh, friends who say that like it's one of the weird little sore spots between Dominicans and Puerto Ricans where it's like, yeah, if you go to the Dominican Republic, you gotta have a passport. Mm. It's just not as easy to get in between those two places in terms of just like them being a territory. But like, I mean, as far as them not being, I mean, obviously they should be able to choose what they want. I mean, I feel, I feel like choice isn't a part of this. There's no part of, no part of this has this ever really included choice and i mean true that's the most important thing yeah it's not, and ultimately it's not i can't say whether uh, or not it's good or not because i yeah. just don't really have the context for it i don't know yeah. what their natural resources are i don't know what the relationship to the united states would be if they were an independent state um but yeah it's, i mean it could, it could it could go anywhere their independence i mean they could go anywhere from costa rica to venezuela in terms of yeah. relationship you know yeah, yeah they could be or or somewhere weirdly in between yeah yeah, I uh I mean, <laughs> obviously it's their choice. <laughs> really? I mean, I just uh, kind of think but, uh, my island, my choice. But yeah, you yeah. know, thinking thinking about progressive politics in the United States, um and also well, one, how how self sufficient can any um can any place be anymore? Like mm. we're all kind of integrated into a global economy yeah. and yeah. uh into a global financial system. So yeah. what would happen if um you know, what would the benefits really be if, if Puerto Rico was a state? I think it would benefit the United States. Like our whatever our collective agreement of a nation is yeah. would would benefit. And, uh, you know, and right now Puerto Rican citizens or they are citizens of the United States. So what would be what would they lose by becoming a sovereign state? Yeah. All you know, of their own. You know what there's so is? many Puerto, there's so many people of Puerto Rican descent in New York City, oh, and, yeah. and in Florida, and all over the country. So if it became um, its own country, would those people become dual citizens, or would they become something else? Yeah, great question. It just, I, I mean, this is a relationship after one month. You know, you're going to each other's houses. <laughs> you know, you're eating meals together, and then we really do have to have the complicated conversation where somebody just says, "What are we?" Yeah. <laughs> what, what are we? Okay. We need to put a label on this. Yeah. And uh, and what's the best way to get reparations uh, or if not that, uh, create a more ec- equitable arrangement after uh, a century of uh, exploitative colonialism? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I- is it is the benefit to actually become a full fledged uh, component of the empire or to try to break away and start your own thing? I mean, oh. the tr- the difficulty is, is that there's not like a balance of the Soviet union where you can like try to like leverage the two competing yeah. against each other. They'll never, they'll never be a Fidel deal. in, uh, there's never going to be a Fidel in Puerto Rico. Yeah. There won't be a Fidel. Like there, there won't be, I mean, and like, um, Fidel, frankly, you know, I mean it, that Fidel was a, a unique time and place. And so that's going to happen. So you're going to create 
the way I see it is if Puerto Rico becomes independent, UBS, JP Morgan, Santander are all going to still find ways to exploit Puerto oh, Rico yeah. and create financial neoliberal, you know, neocolonial kind of regimes. And so the way I would see it is that independence could only could actually not lessen that sort of financial neocolonialism. It's it wouldn't change that at all. The only thing that would really change it is if they became full-fledged citizens and members of um, Congress and the Senate and could vote for president, then they could have su- the same level of agency that the three of us do in this room over being able to protect themselves from over-financialization and financial exploitation, which is basically like, I don't know, like some semblance of democracy. You know, I mean, yeah. that that's the only thing that we really... And they would be able to file for Chapter 9 bankruptcy. That seems nice as well. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. Chill as hell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, so having no dog in the fight and no emotional uh, stake in any sense of nationalism, <laughs> I'm all about them. It'd be cool to have yeah. them as a state. I'd be like, hell yeah, let's change yeah, all sure. the flags, add another add another star. Hell yeah, yeah, dude. I'm all about that shit. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, we'll, you know, we'll obviously, you know, Puerto Rico, body of Puerto Rico choice. Um, <laughs> my Puerto Rico, my choice. Yeah, tick, tick, tock, baby. Let, 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 let's tick the talk down. Uh, my name, my <laughs> name is David. This is Ponzi Scream. I love you guys. Oh, my name is Danny. I, this is Ponzi Scream, and uh, I am real. Look, what are we? All right. What's, what is this? <laughs> yeah, Gabe Pacheco here. Let's go steady. I love you. <laughs> Good night. All right, bye.